Hey everyone, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. This is the Off the Bench podcast. And today I'm gonna be answering listener questions. Stick around, I think you're gonna be encouraged. Well, how are you guys doing today? Wherever you are, I hope that this podcast finds you enjoying the Christmas season. We're going to talk a little bit about the Christmas season because we get questions every year this time of people who are trying to navigate new family dynamics or different or changes in traditions or whatever it is that they're normally used to doing. And that is the case today as well. Before I jump into your listener questions, I want to remind you that we love hearing from you and you can write to me at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. That is the place where we want to encourage you to go to leave questions, leave show ideas. And I love your questions. I love the edgy questions too. Someone wrote in and said, hey, you know, can you handle an edgy question? And the answer is Yes, I love those questions and I think they're interesting to listen to. So keep writing into us. We love hearing from you and uh, you guys are the best. I mean, we really do have such a great responsive listenership here at the show and I'm very thankful for all of you who are listening and writing in and leaving reviews and sending me Christmas cards. They're starting to come in. So that's exciting. All right. I had a great question that came in from Sarah and she wrote this in via YouTube. So thanks to everybody who's watching this video on YouTube today. It's just really fun to have, to see that listenership growing over there. So if you guys like video, uh, we're glad that you're doing that. But Sarah said, she wants to know my thoughts on gift giving at the holidays. She said, my family has always done it growing up and as a kid and now as an adult with my own kids. But now that she's older, she doesn't want to participate in gift exchanges. I'd like to do more experience gifts or just being together, fellowshipping with a meal. And that is the gift. My mom is heartbroken over this decision and said she needs their tradition. What would you say to help each of us navigate through this change? All right. So a couple of things come to mind. I understand. First of all, Sarah, I understand the wanting to get away from the craziness of the gift exchange. And I think with the economy, the way that it is, certainly a lot of people are rethinking whether or not they want to even do a gift exchange. And as families get bigger and the extended family gets bigger, it becomes more and more challenging. That's absolutely true. And so I understand where you're coming from. I also understand the experiential side of things. As I told you guys a couple of weeks ago, we have now for several years taken our family to Mount Hood to look for a Christmas tree. Uh, frankly, it's one of my favorite things that we do. And we try to spend a couple of nights up there, you know, hot chocolate, sitting out in the hot tub, you know, hanging out, all the things, because we don't get an awful lot of opportunity to do that on the regular. Everybody's lives are busy. As the kids get older, it gets even harder. And so uh, the fact that our kids take the time to come up and do that is very meaningful for, for certain to me and my husband, but I think it's also really good for the siblings. It gives them a chance to get to know each other again, or maybe they're getting to know a new uh, brother-in-law or a new sister-in-law. So those things are really important. So I, I'm, I'm vibing with you on the experience side of things. However, I want to just, I, I, I want to give your mom a little shout out. So when you go to someone who has been doing gift giving their entire life and you just say, hey, I'm not into that anymore, I'm not going to do it, 
I think that it can come across as, even though I'm sure not your intent, I think it can come across as unloving. And for as much as you really want to just focus on having a meal together or just focus on doing experiential things with your kids, it sounds like your mom who grew up in a different era and maybe, especially if gift giving is her love language, I can see how this would be hurtful for her. And so my encouragement to you is to say, okay, what if we just do a name drawing? And so that's what we're doing in our family this year to sort of cut down on all of the blue and the money and all of it. Uh, we're doing in a gift exchange via a drawing this year. And actually, everybody's pretty excited about it. I think it's going to simplify Christmas for us. I think uh, it's definitely, it results certainly in less gift giving, but I think the gifts become more important and they, they're more meaningful than just, you know, putting your kids in front of a pile of gifts and letting them tear into it for an hour and a half. And so I understand your mom's desire to continue to have that gift giving be a part of her Christmas tradition. And I would be looking for ways that you can incorporate this thing that makes her feel loved and is so valuable to her in the holiday season. An anonymous listener wrote in from Arizona and said she's been homeschooling her kids for 23 years, seven children for 23 years. So uh, can I just say to you, holla, (laughs) you and I sounds like are about in the same boat here. I have two kids left who I am still currently homeschooling, however, Both of them are begging to attend a Christian school nearby. This mom's heart is broken over this as I've always loved homeschooling my kids. I continue to tell them no, but one of my adult children continues to tell me I should let them attend school as their homeschooling experience with only two kids is different from that of the older ones. Am I just being selfish wanting to continue homeschooling to the end? Their attitudes continue to get worse because of their desire to go to this school. Well, first of all, when you tell me that your kid's attitude is getting worse because they're not getting, you're not giving them what they want, that tells me they shouldn't get what they're asking for, all right? So the fact that their attitudes are getting bad and that you're having to deal with pressure, uh, it's your job to make this decision for your children. And as I've told you guys many times before, uh, the, one of the biggest mistakes I think I made early on in my homeschooling was when I told my then 14-year-old daughter that she could make the decision to go to school wherever she wanted, even though in my heart I knew that the Lord had asked me to keep her home and homeschool her. And once I took the responsibility for that back and I just said, you know, Savannah, I love you, but this is what we're going to do, then my focus shifted to making that homeschooling experience the very best experience that we could offer. It's how come We started the homeschool cooperative in Vancouver. It's how come we started doing a homeschool dance and all the things that she had said that she wanted to do. We wanted those uh, experiences for her and frankly, for the rest of my children. Now, I understand that it is very different having just two kids left at home, especially when you've had a house full like you and I have both had. And it has been difficult. So, you know, for in our house right now, we're down to just one child. All six, you know, six of our seven have graduated from our homeschool. They're, they've got jobs and lives and, you know, they're they're adulting, you know, which is frankly what we train them to do. But it is very jarring and I think can be very difficult on the, on the one or the two that are left at home when all of their brothers and sisters have flown the nest and have a, a life of their own. And it certainly has been very hard on our youngest daughter. We've had tears about it at our house. I mean, I've cried over it. It's it's a very interesting season that we find ourselves in. And it's very easy to look back and compare what our home was like when we had all these children. It was bustling and active and uh you know, and I was doing, you know, you know, four or five hours of school every day with the children. Our lives are very, very different now. However, I don't think that's a reason to just send your children to 
to to even to a Christian school. You have to do what the Lord tells you to do. The responsibility for raising your children falls on you. And while we want to listen to our children, and absolutely it matters, right? I want to hear my kids' point of view. I want to hear their opinion. Maybe it's a dissenting opinion. At the end of the day, I need to make the decision that the Lord tells me to make for my children. And uh, I, you guys have heard me say, if you have to choose between a public school and a Christian school, absolutely choose a Christian school every single time, hands down, bar none. And I'm actually going to talk a little bit more about this tomorrow because there's even more insanity coming to your local public school. And they are not safe places for children. They're they're not good places for children. They're not safe places for children. They're not sane places for children. And so absolutely uh, don't put your kids in a public school. If you have to choose between public school and Christian school, choose a Christian school. If you have to choose between a Christian school and homeschooling, and you can choose, I think that homeschooling is always a better route because it gives you the opportunity to have the, the vast majority of your time as the primary influence in the life of your child, which is frankly the whole goal of shepherding. We want to shepherd our children and spend as much time as we can with them while they're little. And believe me when I say, and I know you know this already, boy, the time goes by fast. And so if you don't want to send your kids to that Christian school, I think I'm in your corner on this one. I would say maybe sit down with your kids and say, we know that life is different now. What can we do? to make it better. Maybe like for us, we have the homeschool resource center. And so uh, our youngest daughter is very involved here. She's in a worship choir. She's taking ballet. She's, you know, she's got a, a spelling program that she does here and some other things. And then I teach a couple of things at home with her. And then she does a couple of things here. And so she has a very full life, but it is different. And a really good friend of mine said to me not too long ago when I was grieving over the the change of season and just feeling like, man, I can't give Sailor what Savannah and Sierra and Skylar and Spencer and Summer and Sydney all had. She said the Lord knew that. And he knew that Sailor was going to be born five years after our youngest child had was born. And God uh, has wired her for that. And he wired us for it. And we need to lean into it. So that's my encouragement to you, uh, homeschooling in Arizona. Let me know what you guys end up doing, and uh, I'll be curious to hear how the Lord answers your prayer. Uh, we had a YouTube comment come in on empty nesting, the tr- the uh, transitioning well piece that I did, and she said, my husband and I were married almost 40 years and raised eight children. I homeschooled them now, and six are married. We have 15 grandchildren. I'm not only struggling with being an empty nester, uh, her 20-year-old daughter still lives with her but the grief of losing my husband in 2020. And she said, I really appreciate you addressing this difficult season. I would like to see more women talking honestly and openly about how difficult it is to experience an empty nest and why it's so important that you prepare for it before it hits you smack dab in the face. And I really appreciate this comment that comes in, man, you guys, 40 years of marriage, congratulations to you. You and your husband made it that long. And that that speaks volumes to your children, I'm sure, who are going to be taking after their parents and being married that long. So um, hang in there. And I appreciate you guys listening. We're going to be talking more about the empty nest in the months to come because I think that there are more and more mothers who are experiencing that, particularly homeschool moms. And it really can be a season of grief if you don't get ahead of it uh, before uh, all your kids leave your home. Um, Jill in Wisconsin said, what do you do with adult children who don't want advice or coaching from you? You pray for them. 
are your kids adults and they don't want they don't want your they don't want your uh, feedback? A that is an unwise child because there's nobody that's going to love a kid better and want to give them better advice than their parents. But if you've got kids that are unwilling to listen to you or they don't want you to speak into their life, then pray for them. I think we forget how powerful prayer is. Prayer is powerful. The Bible says that the, that the prayer of a righteous man is both powerful and effective. And so if you're praying uh, over your children, believe me, it is powerful and effective. And I've had people pray for me and the Lord has put something on my heart and then I have someone come to me and say, I've been praying that, that you would speak to this or that that God would you know, um, soften your heart to hear this thing that I had to say or whatever it was. The Holy Spirit works in his own. And so pray for your kids. Hey guys, it's Christmas, and if you're looking to make a real impression on your wife this year, I've got just the thing, pull-out shelves. These have improved my kitchen experience 100% because I can actually see what's in my cupboards simply by pulling the shelves out. It's amazing. Pull-out Shelf Northwest has the best prices on pull-out shelves and consistently beat their competition. Each pull-out shelf comes with a lifetime warranty, is made of solid wood with dovetail construction, and comes in maple, oak, or cherry. The shelves are custom-made and installed by the owner of this small Camas Washington-based company. Just for the listeners of the Heidi St. John podcast, the owner, Brad Schram, is offering to stamp the inside of your shelves with a verse from the Bible, Proverbs 24, verse 3, and he'll give you $50 off your installation just for the privilege of doing it. Call Brad today at 503-504-7050 for your free estimate and support a local faith-based company this Christmas while you give the gift that will keep on giving, Pull Out Shelves. Visit Pull Out Shelf Northwest for more information or call Brad today at 503-504-7050. You guys hear me talk about this all the time, but strong families don't happen by accident. Lots of time in prayer, intentional time spent together, and teaching the values that really matter are what build strong families. It isn't easy, but Brave Books makes it a little bit easier. Brave Books believes in the power of the family unit to shape the next generation, and you guys know that's my jam. Their family book subscription includes a book per month with family activities and lessons that teach subjects like freedom versus communism, traditional gender identity, and the importance of being truthful. They are such great books, and your kids are going to love them. This is a great Christmas gift that will keep on giving well into the new year. Go to bravebooks.com right now and use the promo code Heidi to save 20% off your Brave Books family subscription. That's bravebooks.com, coupon code Heidi. I had an anonymous listener in Michigan send a question in. And I must have missed it because she said that she sent the question in, but she hasn't heard it answered. Uh, first of all, it's really important for you guys to know we have hundreds and hundreds of questions in the queue. And so when you send a question in, uh, you may not hear back from us for a little while. And that's why I said, you guys, I mean, send interesting questions in, all right? Send an interesting question in, um, something maybe you've heard on the news or something that's happening in your family. And think about, you know, would this question be interesting to another listener? Those are the ones that we will typically answer first. Uh, but she said, so many question, Christians that she knows are listening and going to Taylor Swift concerts. Taylor Swift is a self-professed witch. 
She dances seductively with a chair. She has a very uh, LGBTQ video against Christians. This is absolutely true. The occult is in her music, and it seems the church doesn't care. How do we respond when we know people are listening to this in our churches? I have witnessed many get offended, and even if you mention it's a bad idea, uh, a Swifty gets offended. Can we talk about this? All right. So first of all, I mean, you and you were asking specifically about the occult, and uh, I think that's an entire that's a whole podcast, and I actually have a guest in mind to talk about that. So I don't want to dive too up. Obviously, you know, the occult, you know, eh, zero stars from Heidi St. John, right? Run from this stuff. Uh, it's it's uh, it's bad for your spirit, obviously. But Philippians 4.8 says this. Finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's right, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable, if there's anything excellent or worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. And Romans 12 verse 2 goes on to say that we are not to be conformed to the world, but to be transformed. How? By the renewing of our mind. It means we need to change the way we think. We change the way we see things. We change the way we think so that we can bring them into alignment with the word of God. And the apostle Paul went on to say that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect. Colossians 3.2 says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are the on the earth. So, I mean, we could sit here all day long and, and talk about, you know, Taylor Swift and she's a bit of a ding dong. And there, a lot of her music is very offensive to the Christian mindset, certainly those of us who are wanting to walk with the Lord and, uh, but I think it doesn't, I mean, you can, if we're going to talk about Taylor Swift, let's also talk about the garbage books that Christians are reading and the garbage videos that they're watching on Netflix and the garbage series that they download on Paramount Plus and all of these things is Taylor Swift is like the tip of the iceberg. It's a symptom of a problem that we've had in Christianity and particularly in mainstream culture, Christianity for a very long time, which is we're just conformed to the world. And so we see no 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 problem watching things that we shouldn't be watching, no problem listening to things that we shouldn't be listening to. I have a, a Christian, a friend, a woman that I know who's reading a series of books that I think would make the Lord, you know, vomit. And in fact, uh, we've, we're told in the scripture that God would rather us be hot or cold, but if we're going to be lukewarm, we're going to get vomited out of his mouth. Well, lukewarm Christianity just says, oh, I don't care. Oh, it's, you know, it doesn't matter. God doesn't care. And so therefore I can listen to whatever I want to, but the Bible says otherwise. And so while, I mean, I, you could attack the Swifties if you want to, I don't think that's a wise idea. I think that we, that we, that we attack the attitude and the spiritual lackadaisicalness behind what you're talking about. And I think that's in accordance with scripture. Second Corinthians 10 verse five says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every captive, every thought captive to obey Christ. And so Taylor Swift is not the problem. The attitude toward unrighteousness on the part of Christians is the problem. And I think we want to be setting a better example as adults Certainly, I know I can set a better example in my life. My my daughter and I were driving uh, into work today, and she said to me, she said, you know, it's so interesting the days and the times in which we live because Christians, in many respects, don't look any different than the world, and we're supposed to be set apart. Uh, the Bible teaches us to be holy, which is set apart, because God is holy. It doesn't mean that you 
um, can't follow fashion trends. It doesn't mean that you, you know, that you, you look weird and bizarre so people stare at you. That's not what he's saying. Our lives should look different. Our hearts should be different. We should be marked by joy and marked by peace. And when we're not, then our testimony suffers. And so I would encourage you to pray about what you're seeing in your church. Pray that the Lord gives you opportunities. But I think to attack Taylor Swift is to miss the bigger picture of what's happening in the culture. And what's happening in the culture is, as in, in Christian culture for sure, is that we have for many, many years, this is nothing new, we have decided that we are no longer called to live a set-apart life. So uh, that's a really good question. And... Um, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. I think it's really important that we keep our eye on the ball. All right, I'm going to take one more question today. Uh, this person said, what is your view? Another anonymous listener in Texas. What is your view on recreational drugs like marijuana? Is it a sin? Is it mentioned in the Bible? How do we teach kids to stay away from it? Well, we teach kids that we are not to be controlled by anything that's outside of our body. So whether that's alcohol uh, Dr. Mark Sherwood and I talked about this on Happy Hour on Monday. Is alcohol the sin? No. What is the sin? Drunkenness is the sin. And anything that alters your mind, particularly in a significant way, and and boy, I'll tell you, uh, marijuana does that. <laughs> it absolutely does it. Don't believe me? Come to Portland and watch people that are high on weed crossing the street. They don't care that a car is coming. Why? Because it's altered their sense of what's important. And at that point, their personal safety no longer feels important because they're looking for the high that they get from a marijuana plant. And so uh, I'm not, obviously, recreational drugs is a big no from, from me, uh, because I think it's it's not a, a wise thing to engage in a practice like that. And so if someone were to come to me and say, well, I can smoke marijuana and just, you know, and not get, not get wrecked from it, well, okay. Uh, but we want to be, we don't want to be controlled by anything other than the Lord. And if at the end of the day, Mark said this the other day, and I thought it was so wise. If at the end of the day, you can't go through a day without that glass of wine or two, or you can't, you know, imagine going through a day without smoking a joint, you got a problem. You got a problem. We don't want to be, we don't want something like that to have mastery over us. Rather, we want to be uh, in control of our faculties, in control of our bodies. It's a fruit of the spirit called self-control. We don't often talk about it. And that self-control says, I am not just going to give in to whatever my desire is. I'm going to be thinking through, is this something that's good for my body? Is it good for my spirit? Is it good for my witness? Is it good for my relationships? And if it isn't, if God doesn't want you to participate in that thing, whether it's uh, marijuana, you know, around here, nobody cares anymore. I mean, pot is so normal here. It smells like skunk. I mean, I, I can't stand the smell. You walk into, you know, the a hotel in downtown and it's like, oh, wow, you know, somebody must be smoking pot outside the, outside the hotel door because you can smell it. So I'm not a fan for a bunch of different reasons. But I think we need to be asking ourselves the question, it, and it goes right back to what I was saying before, is it good? Is it, is it uh, excellent? Is it worthy of praise to let your mind dwell on those things and participate in those things. And I feel the same way about, about alcohol. If you are getting drunk, you got a problem and we need to talk about that. And we don't talk about it. I think so often in the church, what we've done instead is we've just said, you know, alcohol bad, you know, stay away from that. It's bad for you. Well, that didn't seem to be the attitude of people in the Bible. And yet we know that drunkenness is the sin. And that is, 
spoken over and o- spoken about over and over again. Instead of teaching our people self control, we're just teaching them uh, to to not exercise self control and to stay away from it entirely. I mean, certainly that's how that was how my mother was raised. We talked we've talked about this a lot in our home as our kids have have grown up, and have taken a bit of a different approach. And, uh, and this is something we need to pray over, right? And so there are a lot of you listening to this who are just, you know, horrified that I even said what I said, but you got to be praying about it. What does God want you to do? I think so often in our lives as Christians, we focus on things that don't have eternal significance with them. It ends up hurting us. And I want to be listening to what God has to say and walking in right relationship with him so that one day when I stand before him, I'm going to hear well done good and faithful servant that has every that 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 covers every aspect of my life and it should cover every aspect of yours. So go before the Lord and talk to him. God wants to speak into your life. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening today. I'm going to come back for happy hour and continue answering listener questions. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, there's some really great questions. Uh, Samantha in Minnesota asked how to respond when people approach randomly and ask for money. I'm going to address that in happy hour day. If you'd like to be a subscriber to the Heidi St. John podcast, you can also get access to happy hour. Happy Hour is a really great way to support this podcast financially, and we hope that you will take advantage of that. Um, I'm getting ready, as a lot of you know, to shift to a brand new season at the Faith That Speaks community, and I hope that you'll join me over there. We are going to be walking our way through the book of Esther, and I think highlighting a couple other profiles in Courage and what did it look like. Uh, back in Esther's time in Bible times to walk with the Lord, because we are living in a really almost a dystopian view of what our founding fathers, I think, set out for us. And in some cases, the people in the Bible that are highlighted, I mean, I think of, of Jochebed, the mother of Moses, and uh, some other incredible women in the Bible and their obedience to God meant that they resisted the earthly tyranny that they had been put under. And so we're going to study not only Esther, but a couple other extraordinary women for the month of January. So I hope you guys will join me over at the Faith That Speaks community. And now is the time to sign up for that. I hope you guys will join me. That is another really great way for you to support this ministry and also get some benefit yourself. We are doing actual Bible studies there. So it's not just, they're not just journaling pages, although we're going to give you opportunities to do that too. These are very well-written and beautifully illustrated Bible study, Bible studies that we create here at Faith That Speaks and Firmly Planted Family. And I hope you guys will check it out and join us. If we do one thing in 2024, let's get to know the Lord of Heaven's armies better. Let's get to know the one who made us and loves us and has a plan and a purpose for our life. And I hope you guys will join me over at Faith That Speaks. If you are looking for some Christmas gifts and you want to uh, check out what we've got at the store, we just ordered some brand new prints. And so you can see behind me, if you're watching on uh, YouTube, you can see behind me that I've got a picture up on the wall. And some of those are available right now at the Heidi St. John shop. So you can go and see what we've got there for Christmas. We have a 14-day devotional for Advent. Now is the time to jump into that in the 14 days leading up to Christmas. I think you guys will love it. So uh, feel free to pick that up. And that's a great way to support us and also to really lean into this precious time of year. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you right back here again at the intersection of faith and